Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. podcast with me Carly. Hope you are all well witches. On today's episode I am joined by Chelsea Pippin Mizzy, author of the book The Tarot Spreads Yearbook, 52 Tarot Spreads for Getting to Know Yourself. This is a book I've previously reviewed on the podcast so I'm really chuffed to have Chelsea on the show and have her talk all about working with tarot cards. I picked up a ton of inspiration from Chelsea that I'm using working with my own cards and I hope that you do too. But to kick things off today, we have our book review. I'm so excited for this one. This book is written by one of my favourite podcast hosts, Danny Robbins of Uncanny Podcast. He also hosts The Witch Farm and The Battersea Poltergeist. If you are a sceptic or believer in ghosts and anything paranormal, this podcast and book we are about to delve into is for you. Danny's work is all about researching and debunking different cases relating to the paranormal. I found Danny's book on my Spotify recommendations. I only recently learned that you do get free audiobooks with that. And this is probably the first time I would recommend the audiobook over the book itself because it was great to listen to Danny reading the book akin to listening to the podcast. Here is the book's blurb. The ghosts of today don't live in castles or stately homes. They're in normal houses and workplaces witnessed by ordinary people like you and me. Now we just need to figure out what the hell they are. The dead returning from the undiscovered country of death or the product of that equally mysterious location, the human mind. Danny Robbins is a sceptic who wants to believe. His award-winning podcasts, Uncanny, The Battersea Poltergeist and The Witch Farm and his smash hit West End play, 222, A Ghost Story, have made him the UK's go-to ghost guy. And he's on a mission to try to solve this greatest of all mysteries. Is the impossible possible? Into the Uncanny is the story of ordinary people who have experienced extraordinary things and want to make sense of them. Each one is a brand new case never shared before. Modern day, real life ghost stories that will make your blood run cold. It is also a journey of self-discovery as Danny explores what the paranormal means to us and the exciting and terrifying prospect that we are not alone. From poltergeists and apparitions to UFOs and messages from beyond the grave, Into the Uncanny is a thrilling, adrenaline-filled, supernatural adventure. Whether you're team believer or team sceptic, All you need is an open mind and a bit of courage. So, are you ready to investigate? I powered through this book in just a couple of days. Every single little minute that I could listen to it, I did. I often struggle with audiobooks as I tend to get distracted and my mind will wander elsewhere and it's just playing in the background. Then I have to go back and re-listen to parts so I don't always bother. However, I hung on Danny's every word with this book. I could not stop listening. 
This book isn't too terrifying. However, there was one particular story about a ghost in an Italian setting that did scare me. I loved the stone tape theory section. There was a story in there that matched one my dad had told me of from his old workplace, which I think you might have heard me tell on an early podcast episode. Still trying to convince him to come onto the show, perhaps for a Samhain episode, as he has so many different ghost stories. Danny Robbins is an excellent writer. There's a lot of wit throughout this book that had me chuckling amidst the scares. After listening to the audiobook, I would definitely re-listen to this or buy a copy of the book. I was really disappointed when it had finished. If you are a library member, my library had a copy of the book that I could order. Many libraries are connected to the Libby app where you can listen to audiobooks on there. So they actually did have the book on there also and the audiobook. So it's worth checking it out. As a witch who has an obsession with the afterlife, spirits and aliens, this book was definitely for me. If you love Tales of the Unexplained, I've just released over on my Patreon the story of Netta Fornario, a member of many London occult groups whose death on the small Scottish island of Iona some used to be at the hands of the Fae. There's a link in the show notes if you would like to check it out and sign up to Patreon for more witchy content. But for now... Join me after the break to talk with Chelsea Pippin Mizzy all about tarot. Welcome back. I am here with Chelsea Pippin-Mizzy, a writer, entrepreneur, and editorial PR and marketing consultant. Her work has been published in New York magazines, The Strategist, The Bookseller, and BuzzFeed, where she was formerly commissioning editor for features. She founded the creativity consultancy Pip Cards Tarot in 2020, and we've already reviewed her wonderful book on the show, The Tarot Spreads Yearbook. Chelsea, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Carly. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited for you to be here. I love your book, but before we get into that, so... I actually did a tarot reading this morning before you came on. It felt very poignant to do that, especially as we're recording under the full moon in Leo at this point. So energies are very high. I used a set of tarot cards this morning that I was gifted on my 21st birthday, along with a copy of the book Women Who Run With The Wolves by a Mm. friend who like truly set me off on my witchy path when I kind of stepped into adulthood both are extremely sacred to me in my craft and my work and I think a lot of us have stories about how we started with tarot I would love to hear about how you first was perhaps introduced to the tarot how they have come to be a part of your work and of course your life if you're happy to share. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I was introduced to and kind of set up on my path by a friend as well. Um, I, I should I should preface by saying I, I really spent most of my life as, as a spiritual skeptic. Um, I, st- I still maintain a really kind of grounded sense of, of healthy skepticism, I think. Um, yeah. But when a friend of mine asked me if she could, I was in my 20s and she asked me if she could read her practice reading tarot for me she was learning I said "Mm, I'm no (laughs) I'd I'd rather you didn't I'm not super comfy I'd had some some difficult experiences with like divination for fun leading up to that I'd had um a palm reading that I found really bizarre um and I I'd I'd had a colleague read my runes and and announced to a a pub full of people that she thought that it meant I had sexual dysfunction problems Um, and so so I just hadn't had, hadn't had a good time I found it I found it disempowering up to that point people 
telling me things that didn't resonate with me um, and made me uncomfortable. Um, and so when my friend asked if she could if she could practice um, reading the cards for me, I, I was I was very reticent. Um, and, and my friend, she's an author, her name is Kat Dunn. Her books are fantastic if you're into witchy novels, by the way. Um, Kat said, look, um, it's not like that. And I'm certainly not looking at it like that. I like to think of it more as a therapeutic tool and an exploratory tool. You and I, we're both writers, we're both storytellers. And there's something really interesting about breaking down the stories in these cards. She said, let me try. We won't do any predictions. We'll just see what comes up for you when we look at them. We'll read some books and kind of see. And I said, okay, all right. Um, I was staying the night at her place. So it was very like girls night feel. We got out all the cards. We spread them out on her, on the floor of her um, lounge. We got out all the books. And um, she was using the dark wood tarot is, is the deck that we were using. But we had several other decks that she, we had the, um, the mythic tarot out and a couple of others. And so we decided to pull some cards around a novel I was trying to write at the minute. I felt like that would be safe. This is fiction. It'll give me some ideas maybe. And if it doesn't tell me what I want to hear, you know, it's all made up anyway. So safe. Um, mm. And she lays these cards out and I don't know, something just the second she turned them over, something just clicked into place and it was like yeah it was like a missing puzzle piece I had written from imagery my entire life I'd been writing from photographs I'd been going to art museums the way you see like a sketcher or a sketch artist working in an art museum I used to take my notebook and and write according to paintings and so suddenly here were these images that were talking to me about my creative work and it just yeah, it, it slotted into place. It was really, it was really magical. It was a really exciting moment. And I was, I was hooked. We spent the rest of the night pouring over books, trying to figure out how they, these cards represented the characters in my novel, um, what they told me about my creative process. And uh, I, yeah, I ordered myself a deck that night and I've been reading tarot ever since, really thinking of it first and foremost as a tool that supports my work as a as a writer as a creative um and that's that's what kind of led me into offering the services that I offer through Pip Cards Tarot which is really tarot through a, a creative experience lens I think that's the whole story I think that covers it I there are so many pieces of this that I love I love what you said about them being you know you you came to it as a skeptic so I can definitely resonate with that in respect of elements of the craft that I haven't kind of come to it like, woo, let's do this. You know, I've kind of had that skepticism in my mind. But what you said about the tarot being more of a psychological tool, you know, to work with your subconscious and, and using it in that and, and approaching it from that direction. Absolutely agree with that. I love what you said. And this isn't kind of, this is picking up the images from the tarot and how that connected with your writing inspiration, how you've always written from imagery and so on. Mm -hmm. I find that really fascinating. We we often talk about creativity on the podcast and, you know, I, I often like to think that a lot of that is channeled and my daughter's at art college and we were talking last night about how it's so interesting how the craziest of things can trick, like set you off creatively. You know, it's not always like what we think it's from. So I'm really interested in what you said about your writing style and I'm actually going to ask you a little bit about... Um, that because I know that a lot of the tarot feeds into that side of your work also mm. um I absolutely adore your book with the different tarot spreads that you have throughout there was a significant decision I had to make at the beginning of 2024 and I found the perfect tarot card spread in there I think there is a perfect tarot card spread for kind of every eventuality in your book on looking through your book and also your socials I love how imaginative and creative with the tarot spreads that you are. I know within your work, you even create tarot spreads for and building on the kind of creativity theme. You create tarot spreads, spreads for fellow writers to help them craft their own stories and characters and so on, much like how you first approached that tarot spread with your friend. Can you talk us through, I guess, anything and tips wise that you could give on that but also I guess generally like how our listeners can 
build confidence in their readings if they're coming to it from the beginning or you know if they are more seasoned in it and that you know how they can build confidence in themselves intuitively through the spreads in order to get better get my tongue tied this morning in order to better get to know themselves yeah absolutely um before I dive into all that I should I should add I think the kind of happily ever after of that story of course no such thing we're always going on in terms of finding the tarot is I, I came to the cards first as a writer and the tarot has been the the door that opened into me writing and publishing books which is not I never expected to be a tarot writer um, and so the the way that the cards came about answering my question about how am I going to write this book? They said, you're not, you're going to find us and you're going to write another book in, entirely. Um, and, and now here I am uh, with a book out in my, in my second book coming, which I'm sure I'll tell you a little bit more about later, but I think it's important to, and I don't know how I missed that, in telling my story. I think it's so important to say, I came, I came to the tarot as a writer and, and the tarot turned me into a published writer and that it's a it's really beautiful to me um right let me tell you a little bit about spreads and um and tips and tricks around reading spreads um I love tarot spreads again I'm a writer so I love structure I love giving myself some rules in order to invent <laughs> responses to ideas too and so I think I come to spreads and reading tarot from that point of view of what story am I going to tell myself? What um, kind of pillars do I need to put in place to help myself tell that story? It, a, a writer, whether you're writing nonfiction, like the book that I've published, or you're writing fiction, which, which I've got drawers and drawers and drawers and drawers full of, of fiction that I'm still exploring and trying to figure out which story I really want to bring to people. Um, but whether whatever you're writing, you've always got a, a structure. You've got a beginning, middle, and, and an end at the very least. Usually you have some idea of some key scenes or some key topics that you want to cover, how things build into other things. You've got a hierarchy of information or you've got several, you know, topics. And I think spreads fun function that way. They're the pillars of the story that we want the cards to tell us. Um, and so I always come to spreads going you know, <laughs> what what story am I looking to tell myself? I, I imagine that when you came to the your decision-making spread, you might have used one of the choice spreads in my book, or maybe if it was about a certain area of life, you went to the, the specific spread that went to that certain area of life. But in choosing the spread you wanted to work with, you were choosing the story that you you wanted to tell yourself that you needed the cards to help you unravel and find the missing pieces of. And so I always think of spreads as storytelling tools, whether I'm working with a writer or I'm working with anyone. Um, that's what they are, right? Um, and so that to me foundationally is what you want to ask yourself when you start to read tarot. What stories am I looking to tell myself? What stories do I want to hear about my life? Where where are the plot twists that I'm open to receiving and going from there and choosing the the genre of spread as you like, that's going to, going to meet your needs for story about your life in that moment. Absolutely. And I think if anything, it's just with your book, I'm often not great in regards to, I'll set an attention, but it will be very loose ended. But I felt like with the book, it did create that structure for me and it opened it up more and I was more, my intention was stronger as a result of working on that spread with like the kind of prompts in the book, if that makes sense. So that's why I think it really helps. But yeah, I absolutely love that. You're so right. It is like that. I, I tend to kind of before coming to the book recently, I've always worked on a lot of like past, present, future, just three cards as a spread. Mm -hmm. And it is always like so crazy. I've taken to um, taking photos of them when I do spreads at poignant moments of the year, like Sabbaths. And I also did one for uh, solstice of 2022. And then I, I looked at the photo again at solstice 2023. And I was like, my goodness, this story, like this, this spread rather is the story of this year. And I never saw oh. that coming. Like I just feel it's like, it's incredible. <laughs> honestly, like I could not have, um, it could not have been closer to how the year panned out. And 
I don't know about you, Chelsea, but this like one set of tarot cards that I've got, they are, it's almost criminal, like how, uh, like to the point they are. <laughs> Sometimes it just feels so called out, like, okay, I've got the message. <laughs> which card, which cards are you working with? I gotta know. So I've got quite a few sets, but the set I was gifted is the one I always go back to because mm -hmm. they just connect to me so well. Like they're so spot on. It's, it's kind of, you know, those see, you see those memes and you've got someone with a set of Oracle cards and they're like really lovely and like fluffy to you. And then the tarot cards just go in hard and there's like <laughs> crying. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm like with my cards, but they, they're always spot on and they're always, but I just feel like, I guess, you probably are what you know know far more on this than me but they've they've got so much of it your energy stored in them and obviously mm -hmm. there's ways you can get that energy into them and like to look after them and so on um that they just I guess they just know me by now and they're just yeah. like you need to hear this girl <laughs> yeah absolutely just... <laughs> coming back to your book I was really impressed with how you broke your book down into sections for different seasons. I know you're going to go into this, so I'm not going to kind of comment on, on, on how you did that, but are you able to explain to us the different seasons as you have outlined them? Do they relate to the wheel of the year or more to the season we may perhaps find ourselves in personally at any given time, at any given time throughout the year, I guess? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, the, t the, the book is called The Tarot Spreads Yearbook, and we knew that we wanted to have a spread for every week of the year. That was the concept behind the book. Um, but I was really adamant, first and foremost, that it not be dated or assigned um, to any specific time of year I am I have ADHD I struggle with a planner I struggle with filling out notebooks and keeping to a routine and so I didn't want people to feel ostracized or excluded because they don't have a consistent weekly practice um and like I knew that the user experience for me as someone with a dated book like that was just going to be a nightmare um mm -hmm excuse me while I plug in my laptop um I, I knew that was going to be a little bit of a nightmare and so I and, and the other thing is the book was set to come out in spring um which is not a, a book called a yearbook it's not necessarily what you think about that's that sounds like something you would start in January um and so we had to kind of navigate the fact that that the book wouldn't come out at a natural time of year when people would um be looking for year-long programs necessarily mm -hmm. and so so my first kind of creative challenge was figuring out how to make it easy to pick up at any time and I also you know there's there's 56 spreads in there there's a couple of double there's a couple of extra ones and I I didn't want people to feel like they could only do spreads that were assigned for the week that they were in so I wanted there to be a lot of variety I wanted people to be able to work through it week by week if that's how they wanted to work but also come to it and choose a spread based on what was relevant to them so <laughs> um it, well the, and I think the other problem is that um like 52 56 spreads that all do a very different function but are also really resonant and relatable to the widest amount of, of readers and really useful um like that's a really big challenge actually um mm. differentiating 56 spreads within a book that are all going to be relevant to everyone who's reading so there came the idea of splitting it into seasons again I didn't want to go with the the seasons of the year because we weren't coming out at the beginning of the year that felt and I didn't want people to feel stuck into those seasons. So I did some soul searching. It took me a while and I came to the tarot about it. And, you know, it's really fascinating to me. All of the suits of the tarot are associated with the season. Um, the pentacles are associated with winter, which sometimes I feel like is, is a weird one. Um, but one of the cards has snow in it. So fair play. Um, mm -hmm. the, the wands are summer. No, the wands are spring. The cups are summer. And the swords are spring. Um, no, swords are autumn. Oof, yeah. See, I've gotten all mixed up. It's because we all have our own 
there are specific assignments, but we all have our own, I think, seasonal associations with the suits, like my, what I think a suit should be associated with may be very different from what you do. I've clearly just mixed them up um, because the, the assignments don't necessarily resonate with me. But I did think it was interesting, this idea of seasonal associations. And I started thinking, what are the what are the themes? Why might these different suits be associated with different seasons? So I started to think through, well, if we strip the timeline away from the season, what's the main theme that kind of comes through these cards, comes through the season? And I was really inspired by Catherine May's book, Wintering, as well. I don't know if you've read it. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and and she talks about wintering as a, a season of taking care of the self and of, of retreat. And so that was the first season that landed to me. The book has four seasons, growth, change, growth, shadow, change, and care. Um, and... And care was the first one that came to me because I, I love that book. I was really inspired by the theme of care that can come through winter. Change, of course, in autumn, the leaves change. And so change as a season made sense. Um, growth in spring, we see that pretty naturally. And, and summer was difficult. Um, we we looked at a couple of things and I ended up landing on shadow because the, the sun casts a shadow in the summer. So it's a little bit of an interesting take on summer. But the idea was that all four of these themes represent a season of the year, but aren't so tied to it that you can't access them at different times. And these are universal themes that come up in our lives all the time. So we may be going through a season of care, even if the weather outside is springy. Um, we may be going through a season of change, even if we're in the middle of winter and the world around us isn't changing so much it's gone underground. So I, to me, I was just really inspired by, yeah, the suits and the season. I didn't, I don't really practice regularly with the wheel of the year um I I'm a bit of a <laughs> I'm much more of a kind of my my body cycles and energy cycles are really um really fluid and so I find that I don't tap into the wheel of the year just it doesn't it doesn't resonate for me um yeah. and I was I was really looking at making sure this book was accessible to people who'd never picked up a tarot deck or never kind of touched any kind of craft before. So I didn't really look to that for inspiration. I think if people are using it in tandem with their own Wheel of the Year work, that would make me so happy. And to see new applications of the book and the seasons um, in, in other people's interpretations of it would be absolutely beautiful. And like no way of reading the book is wrong. No way of using the book is wrong. But the, the season explorations really came to me from sitting with the suits and sitting with the seasons of the year and trying to extract them into something more universal. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I love, there was, again, something else you said, a few things in there you said that I just want to unpack. I love what you said, firstly, about not working to the world of the year and leaving it fluid, because again, I resonate with what you said about, you know, we might be in the winter, but you may feel in the sort of 
like spring energy because of things going on in your life or you know whatever you might just feel in 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 a completely different energy to where we're at in in the point of the year but I love what you said about with the um having summer as the as like the shadow because obviously the sun casts the shadow because I always find myself working on shadow work in the summer. I don't know Ooh. what it is. And that was like, oh my goodness, like the, what, the way you said it, I was like, oh wow, yeah, I just didn't even think about that because yeah, shadow work always comes to me like triggers that I've got a process and it's always in the summer. So that really interested me. Love the wintering book that you referenced. And it's really funny you said that because the care section is gorgeous and and I think that wintering and I don't know if you read the book and can relate to this I've always struggled with that really mm-hmm. struggled with it in former years and we've spoken a little bit about it on the podcast um because I'm very I'm quite a hyperactive person I struggle <laughs> a lot with sitting with myself and feelings and emotions and you know, I've got a like a lot of a background of addiction and so on. So I always find that this is the season that I'm like, oh God, I've got to sit in this. How am I going to manage this? But the care section in the book is absolutely beautiful. And Thank I kind of wanted to raise this because poignantly, I don't mind know if you mind me reading this, Chelsea, but my mum sent me a message before I got onto the podcast, which was a quote. And I feel like it just kind of really resonates because the quote is called wintering. And when you brought this up, I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, so I'm, so basically, I feel like this, this might kind of tie in quite nicely, but if it's okay, I'm going to read it out. Please do. Um, you may think yourself lazy or flawed, yet your body is made of almost exactly the same elements as the stars. Your bone com- composition matches the coral in the seas and you, my friend, are ruled by the moon and the sun, whether you like it or not. So no, you are not lazy. Nature is simply pulling you to slow, like the life, floral and fauna around you. It is not your moment to rise. It is winter. You are wintering and you are right on time. And that's by Donna Ashworth. But I just thought that was really poignant. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And I think it it's so, you know, it's so true. I said, I don't really work to the wheel of the year, but that doesn't mean that there's not like a tapping into nature that's going on on my own kind of as I go through my own cycle. And, and that's what yeah. I wanted to make accessible through the book was you don't have to remember specific dates. You don't have to honor specific times, but you can find how each season resonates with you in your emotional and spiritual life but also in the world that you're experiencing around you both are valid options and as someone that works with the wheel of the year you could absolutely like weave this into your craft Mm -hmm. perfectly either way if you do or you don't it would really it really works so I absolutely love the the openness with you know you can or you can't it's entirely up to you (laughs) yeah absolutely (laughs) So I loved the journal prompts and mantras that sit alongside the tarot spreads throughout your book. I find tarot cards such a wonderful tool to connect with, but like any magic tool, as I like to class them, I have my own ways of honoring, connecting and working with mine in the practical and energetic sense. But Chelsea, can you talk us through any ways that you look after or connect with your cards? And do you also have any tips when it comes to purchasing tarot decks? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, How do I look after my cards? When I got my very first deck, um, I I followed like all of the advice. I charged it under the moon. I slept with it under my pillow. You know, I I it was with me all the time. I kept it stored in in like a in a silk bag. Um, and I've actually found that, and and I've spoken to a couple of tarot readers about this, and I think this is really true for people who use it as a creative tool. I like pedestrianizing it in a way I like when I like when I'm just kind of like walking around the house shuffling my cards I like when um they're just sat next to my bedside so I can roll over in the morning and pull one if I want to when I first wake up um I like when when they're a bit of a mess and like I like when they feel like they're part of my artist studio essentially like they're the paintbrushes that are spread out waiting for me to pick up and and paint with um so I really like 
just treating them as materials. That said, I, I regularly, um, especially with the deck that I use on the daily, which is a, a Rider Waite Smith. It's the one, it's the one that I've always had. Um, I, I have a little ritual of every couple of weeks I count and I make sure that all the cards are there. Um, and I and I just sit with the cards and I make sure that that all the cards are there that I haven't left any lying around the house because I do use them pretty fluidly around from my desk to my kitchen table to my bedside. Um, I take them places. And um, so I count I make sure they're all there I put a little care into making sure they're all turned up right they've, they've kind of been packed nicely back into their into their um you know, their rectangular shape. I They have a really lovely case that was made for me by a tarot reader that I know they don't spend a lot of time in there because I want them to be, I want to be able to pick one up at any time. Um, but that little ritual of just really, really basic care, counting, looking at the cards as I'm doing that, just making sure that it's, it's full and whole is, is simple, but really sacred to me. Um, and, and I think that's, that's the main one. I do try and not like, if I've, if I've dropped them or if, if I don't, I don't try and leave them like clumsily about, I've got a really lovely shelf of the rest of my decks. Um, but that's, that's how I care for them just in a really basic way. But, but I focus on connecting, um, making sure that everything's there making sure that I'm in tune with it and making sure that it's, you know, in order, um, every once in a while. And in terms of purchasing decks, um, you know, I think in the first like year or two of your practice, less is more, <laughs> um, which is like <laughs> advice I hate to give it because, because it's so fun to get loads and loads of decks. And I think there's, there's like, you, you don't have to limit yourself to one deck in the first year or two of your practice, but I would, I would stick to like between one and five, um, and and getting a lot of variety, getting things that really appeal to you, not decks you think you should get because somebody told you you should. Um, you know, I got a Thoth deck really early on because I, I people said I should have one. Um, and I like I like the Thoth tarot. I think it's interesting. I use it a lot when I'm thinking about the cards academically, but I don't <laughs> read from that deck. Um, and so in the first couple of years of your practice, find decks that you think are fun to work with that you want to have in your hands um to me is the most important thing I guess that all kind of circles into if the deck is in your hands if you want to be shuffling it and looking at it do it and that's care in and of itself and and choose decks that you want to do that for just to ask is the fourth deck the Crowley that's right that's yeah right. yeah they always look quite amazing but I'm always a little bit like oh. <laughs> it, I, like and some people love it and that's the thing yeah is like do what resonates for for you will resonate will be different for what resonates for someone else for for different sometimes for different kind of spread like spreads I may want to use a different deck I tend to default to my Rider Waite Smith that's what I use for myself it's what I read for clients, I, I know you said something about you feel like your deck knows you really well. And I think mm -hmm. it's the same. Like it, I speak a language with this deck that I don't speak with the others. I think the others are really interesting. Um, and I like bringing them into my practice. One thing I really like to do is, um, is like bring out several versions of the same card and compare and contrast them and see what I can learn from all of them laid out together and see if there's anything I'm missing, especially if I'm having a hard time getting a clear message from a card. But yeah, yeah. Whatever one feels like a friend you want to have coffee with is the deck you should be reading from and yeah. taking care of. I love that. I think the um, with Alistair Crowley, I always feel it's like the intensity. So I'm envisaging mm -hmm. like the fourth deck is going to be like, oh, like it's going to finish me off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure it wouldn't be like that. But it's kind of got me more curious. Now, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, and it's like it's it's super interesting because all of the cards on the Crowley deck have um, keywords that don't always match up to what your instinctual read on a card may be. And it's interesting oh. to like engage with those keywords some of them are quite dramatic um and so yeah I think it's an interesting exercise to have different decks to reference but it's just important to read from whatever deck feels like a conversation like you're having a conversation with it 
I love what you said about having the cards out because I always feel like they're just little all-seeing tools you know yeah. the more they're out they see what you're up to and get a feel of your life and your energy as well so I really loved what you said about that and um I don't know about you but I always when I go to do a reading I kind of tend to do readings quite frequently for myself during the week just just you know I'll set a little intention about the mm -hmm. day or the week or a certain thing happening in my life and I'll always kind of intuitively know what deck to go to because I'm mm -hmm. like deck is it and the first one that comes to mind and sometimes it would just be an oracle deck but it tends to be more tarot I have got a few other tarot decks that I know that my brain will go to that when I just want a bit of an easier ride <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> like you wuss you've gone with that deck because you know that it's not going to call you out on this that you're doing <laughs> yeah I've got a my sister gifted me a cat deck and I do if I just really just want to have a nice little time the cat deck is <laughs> I mean, what bad news can a cat give you, really? <laughs> oh, is that the cat tarot deck? Yeah, the, from Chronicle. It's, it's cute. I mean, like, if I'm doing deep soul searching, <laughs> I'm not going to use the cat deck. But if I just, you know, want to have a little fun, the cat deck. What's the worst the cats could say? I love that. That's exactly. absolutely, I've seen that deck recently and I really liked it. There's one I've got my eye on called the, I think it's Oak, Ash and Thorn that my oh, friend. Oh, yes, it's beautiful. Oh some of them are just unreal I mean I'm 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 very influenced by art and, and illustration and so on and the illustrations on those are gorgeous but some of the cards are just unbelievable um <laughs> I know we are going to get in a little bit more into that anyway um so I wanted to ask you we've touched a little bit on this and I know it may not apply do you have any ways you work with your cards within ritual throughout the year, perhaps by the moon phases or the seasons of the year? I, I appreciate it wouldn't necessarily be with the wheel of the year, but what are some of your favorite ways to use the cards at these times if you do? Yeah, for sure. I, well, I always do, I always do a, a new year's kind of it, big reading for myself not not big yeah. but in terms of cards but really kind of setting the the stage for the new year um I find that really helpful so I'll do that on New Year's Eve or I'll do that on New Year's Day um and I, I always do a reading for myself on my birthday those those are two kind of anchoring spots I'm born in the spring so it's a good time to check in um after that that initial January reading those are those are the two that I kind of stick to and anchor to um and then everything else it's really like I go by feel I I read for myself every day um this month I've been this month I've been using that New Year's reading to inform the spread that I pull for myself every day so at the beginning of the year I drew a card for myself for the year and that represents a theme that I'm working with throughout the year this week it's the devil so pray for or this year it's the devil so pray for me um oh, but I, I also drew I drew two oracle cards alongside that to represent energy that I was bringing in and energy that I was leaving behind and the two oracle cards that I drew were, I was bringing in perseverance and I was releasing resistance. And so every day I've been drawing cards for myself around what perseverance looks like and what resistance I can release today. And, and using that beginning of the year reading and tying it into my daily readings has been really fruitful. Um, I think that it's a really nice way of, of keeping a reading going throughout whether you do one at the beginning of every season or you do one throughout your kind of like wheel wheel of the year um sections whatever um making sure that you're referring back to those ritual ritual readings that you do is really really important I also like to and I, I will admit I don't do this every time I start a new creative project but I like to read at the beginning of a new creative project I like to pull cards around what's kind of bubbling up there so that's less kind of seasons of the year but but is throughout the year I'm starting new things and I really try to come to the cards with them early on 
Oh, I really love that. And actually, I might have a go at doing the same. Like if I start a creative project myself, you know, seeing how that will go. I didn't, haven't considered that as a spread that I could do. I love you have your tarot card of the year. And I'm sure obviously you kind of understand what that relates to and how to navigate that. And my card for this year, because I'm the same on New Year's, I'll do a, the traditional New Year, not the witch's New mm -hmm. Year. I will do a big spread and I, I I do it on solstice for the year ahead, like I said, where I had the Gorgeous. photo of it that I referred back to. And I got the Empress and that is my card. Yeah, and it's really funny because I got into January and I was like obsessed with starting my new garden at my new home. And I'm like, all these things and the different, res you know, different uh, explanations that I've kind of, uh, resonated with for this year so uh, that's my card of the year and I'm sort of got that image in my mind of me me out in my garden and being able to recreate the same <laughs> that's so beautiful I love it and, but yeah it's, it's I feel like it's um it's really good like to record the spreads like you said so mm -hmm. that like I mentioned about coming back and seeing that photo solstice last year and like just seeing the story play out it, and doing that at different points is just is great like great as a tracking point to yeah. see where you're at and you know if it did kind of come to fruition I am um, I'm coming back to a little bit on what we discussed and wondered if you have a favorite tarot deck at all perhaps any that you covet and if so why that's a great question so so for daily use I use a standard Smithway tarot and it is it's the one that I reached for um it's the one that I I like it is my native language um however I am I am a tarot deck fiend I am a collector I have many 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 um and some of my my favorites especially in terms of of the artistry I really love um Melinda Lee Holmes work so she's done the elemental power tarot which I really love all of the major arcana cards are there's no people in in these cards at all there's just the scenes and so you're like standing in the in the POV of the character that's in the card so in the fool you're looking over a cliff edge um in the empress like you're sitting on the empress's throne it's a really beautiful deck for kind of like situating yourself in the card especially with the major arcana so I really love that and she's got a another deck that's come out more recently called the tarot of tales which is really fun it's circus animal themed it's quite playful um and the guidebook is amazing so I really really love those I also love working with um recently the the Fyodor Pavlov tarot which is beautiful he's a um a trans creator who's who's just who's just made the most beautiful, inclusive, artful deck, and it is it's stunning. It's dark, um, so it's not for the faint of heart in terms of like you're, you're gonna get like really heart wrenching readings, but it is stunning. Um, and I'm looking at my I'm looking at my my shelf right now, trying to think if there's anything else that I would like keenly recommend all of them it's really hard yeah um, I it, it's it's really hard I, I love them all um decks that I covet yeah I liminal 11's whole collection is amazing um so they've got the this might hurt tarot and the this might help oracle deck that goes alongside it um that's come out relatively recently and I would love it it's very much on my list um but I haven't gotten any new decks in a while because I have so many that I'm really trying to make sure that I'm engaging with the ones that I have before I, I buy any any more new ones oh we could I could buy so many it's absolutely fatal the deck that you mentioned where you see the the you know from the point of view of the person in the card that yeah. is so powerful and yeah. if anything like kind of maybe using those cards like I was saying about with the empress like oh you know that might be me out in my garden this year like I wonder mm -hmm. if it's like a case of you know pulling a card and you know almost working on a visualization of like okay if that's the outcome can I see myself sitting in that position and looking out on that and how will that look how will that feel if it is for those powerful cards that are where we want to be 
Yes, absolutely. That And it's like such a creative way of thinking about the card as well. I, I love doing meditations where you kind of step in to the card and see what's, what can you see beyond the frame of what's illustrated? What else is going on here? What is it like to be in this world with this card? I think that's such a, such a fun and revealing exercise. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, for the negative ones as well, like, oh my goodness, if I make this choice or if I do this or what can I do to kind of get out of this? Yeah. I mean, it's, that's just has such a power and I've never mm. thought of it that way. So that deck definitely, definitely resonates as if I need any help with my I know <laughs> elemental power deck, Melinda Lee Holm. I can't, I can't, I, I do, I do love it. I will recommend it. And the guy is great. So I also would like the cat deck now. I think mm-hmm. the cat is kind. So <laughs> yeah, I support that. <laughs> so Chelsea, what other projects are you currently working on that we should keep an eye out for? Uh, lots of good stuff. Um, I have my second book comes out in a- in o- October. Excuse me, April, October. Blah, blah, blah. Um, many things. Let me try and do them in 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 order. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so first things first, the Tarot Spreads yearbook is being released as a deck version in April. Oh. Um, so you'll be able to shuffle through the spreads and draw one at random, which is really, really fun. So that will be out in April. Um, wow. the tarot spreads, it, it's called the Tarot Spreads year. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's the spreads from the book, but in a shuffleable version, which is really exciting and a portable version, you know, you can throw the deck in your bag, which is very exciting. Um, my second book comes out in October um, and it is called Tarot for Creativity. It's a card by card guide to using the cards as creative tools. So every single card comes with a creative reading of it, how you can apply it to your creative life, what creative lessons it has to teach you. Um, but then on top of that, it includes a spread for working with that card in a creative context. So you get 78 spreads within that book, plus a couple of bonus bigger ones. Um, And every card also comes with four creative prompts. So a journaling prompt, a couple of art creation prompts, and some like wild cards things to infuse the energy of the card into your, your creative life in some way, shape, or form. So I'm very excited about that. It's not available for pre-order yet, um, but keep your eyes peeled. Um, it's going to be beautiful. The The illustrations are stunning. And um, yeah, I'm really excited about it. I'm excited for that. I've not seen anything similar. So I'll absolutely have to get into that, especially for yeah my creative work. So, oh, you've been busy. Yes. <laughs> Chelsea, honestly, there's so much that I've learned from this. Thank you so much for coming on. And obviously, we'd love to have you back on down the line with obviously your various different projects as they come to light. So thank you. Thank you so much. It was such a joy to to speak to you, Carly.